0: 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskorik. You know, the journey of entrepreneurship is really a journey of spiritual development. And a lot of people get into entrepreneurship thinking that that's going to be the path to wealth or riches. And for me personally, I didn't realize what the truth of all this was until I was sleeping on a couch several hundred thousand dollars in debt with multiple failed businesses when I finally realized that entrepreneurship and business is a spiritual journey requiring a spiritual transformation. And once I took my mind off of the financials and put it 100% on the spiritual side of things, that's when my business exploded. I'm Greg Ward. I'm the founding partner of the Ward Law Group, law firm that handles car accidents and personal injury cases in South Florida. And we've now opened offices in New York and Orlando and are handling cases across the country. In the last 10 years, we've grown from just my wife and myself working in a back office with a fold-out table and a laptop computer to over 200 employees around the world. And our revenue has grown from less than half a million dollars a year to this year will be over $60 million in gross revenue uh, in just 10 short years. Most recently, our, our most outstanding result of this year was we settled one of the largest cases in the country for a single event, uh, getting a settlement over $100 million. Now, if you told me at the beginning of my career that would be the crowning achievement of my career, I obviously would have been very happy about that. But what I actually realized through my journey is that each step along the way was really the milestones and the, and the things to celebrate, that that giant result cannot have come without having the hundred or thousand little stepping stones along the way to be able to support that final giant crowning achievement. You know, I really, you know, talk to young business people when they see that and they come up and they see our success and, you know, the the beautiful homes and the planes and the other things and they and they get really excited about it, but I'll tell you, you know, the victories at the very beginning are actually more um more they 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 taste better than the giant you know i went to work after we resolved that case the next day i went to work i didn't even take off any time i literally went to the office the next day but there were times back at the beginning when i'd make ten thousand dollars i'd close the office down i'd go celebrate and so you know it really is you have to take people where you find them in the process and each step each phase of a business has a different set of challenges and you have to evolve spiritually to overcome those challenges And, uh, you know, and it's very unique. And anybody who tells you you can be an instant success overnight, that's just baloney. There's, it just isn't true by listening to these, this podcast and other podcasts, you're gonna see that, you know, it's a, it's really a journey, it's really an evolution. And there are no get rich quick schemes. There just are not. Uh, even, even Steve Jobs said Apple was an overnight success story that took 20 years. And, and I believe that 100%. It's it's always, you know, willing to do the work, changing yourself. You know, another thing, most of our barriers to success, I believe, come from the leaders of organizations. So when you're in an organization, if your organization is having a problem, you got to look inside yourself first. Because there are so many of our personality qualities that come out that we don't even know about. They're blind spots. And if you're not willing to listen to other people, if you're not willing to to do the hard work of changing yourself personally, some of those barriers, that's going to be your that's going to be your stopping point. That's going to be your lid. You will not be able to go above that until you resolve this issue. Many businesses struggle with things like communication issues. I do, too. Right. I mean, you think a lawyer is a great communicator, you know, and I and I have trouble holding people accountable. Sometimes I have trouble communicating my vision clearly and my team does, too. And, you know, we, you know, or, or have trouble making the hard call and maybe firing somebody who, who, you, who you love or, you know, going to business with a friend and then you get compromised and we can't make that tough decision. And the point is, is that, that those little things will begin to limit us as entrepreneurs, as business people. And if we're not willing to make those tough, you know, choices, but not just choices, the tough changes to your life and to your, to your psyche and who you are, if you're not willing to make those changes, it's fine. You could be, you could get stopped at a million or 10 million. Let's say it's 10 million, you know, and you say, Hey, Greg, I'd love to make 10 million. Well, when you start out, I don't know if you really should be starting out just looking for the money, but the truth is, I don't think anyone would say they don't want to make $10 million, but you may get stuck there. If you're not willing to say, Hey, you know what? I can evolve more and bring about more change and more impact. If I do the hard work on myself and change me, because I'm the one who's holding my business back. It's not the people around me. It's me. When I started out my business, uh, and it was just my wife and myself with our little fold-out table, um, you know, we didn't, I didn't know anything really about business. I had started businesses before that, and all of them had failed. I thought I was a serial entrepreneur, as people say, and really when I was a serial failure, <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes. And so the first thing my wife did was, uh, she was my girlfriend when we started together, she said, listen, stop fooling around with these other businesses. Just work on one business and get really good at that. And so I agreed to do that and uh, wrapped up the other couple of businesses that were still kind of dying a slow and painful death. And so we started together. And the first big mistakes that we made were when you're starting out, and you hire your first person, you hire people you like. And you don't necessarily have you think they're going to do the job right? But you don't necessarily, you don't have a crystal ball and you, so you hire people who remind you of yourself. And I found that's, that's a pretty bad way to hire people because one, you know, first you should be looking at objective criteria, but more importantly, if you hire people you like, they're going to have your flaws too. If you like them, they're like you and they're going to have your flaws. They're not going to even be able to see the problems you're dealing with at that level to help complement you. And so one of the big things that we started realizing when we got to about 10 employees, Um, And we had a lot of friends around us who people we liked, but they weren't working that hard, you know, and they were, they were really enjoying the ride, but nobody was driven with, for results. Well, then we started saying, Hey, we need to get some pushers here. We need to get some people who really do the work. And so we had to start hiring people. Maybe we didn't like as much, but you know could could get the job done one of the main one of the, our highest ranking managers now is uh is a woman who went to high school with my wife they grew up together I, I say grew up together my wife did not like her at all when she was recommended for the job my wife said i do not like that girl i'm not going to hire her and the person who was recommending her said she's great you know she really knows what she's doing and and we took a gamble and we hired her and she's now of the 200 people she manages a team of about 85 and she's tough Right. But that part of I didn't like her in high school became the she can get results. And so she was one of the best hires that that we've ever made. And uh, and we're really, really happy with her. But if it was done purely on whether I like him or not, she would not have gotten the job. And thankfully, we had the, the foresight to say, hey, let's give it a try. And we were young enough back then and we were small enough that it wouldn't make that much of a difference. But but that was a valuable lesson. When I started with my wife, uh, I had been practicing law for several years, and I had my own practice. And my wife wanted to do personal injury, which is like car accidents and things. And and the practice that I had was a very complicated legal practice. And so I told my wife, "You go, you know, you go do your 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 car accident practice. I'm going to keep doing what I do." And uh, and she had a really great result in her first case. And I thought to myself, "Hey, I'm I'm working too hard, you know, uh, doing this where this other practice area can have a bigger impact." couple key points that I learned right here. Number one, business and life is about the impact that you have, you know? And I believe that because I believe that business is a spiritual journey, I believe that we're supposed to have a spiritual impact. And that really goes hand in hand with who do I serve? You see, another mistake I think people make getting into business, a lot of people get into business seeking the finances. But if you don't know who you're called to serve, who the purpose of your life is to serve, you know, it's not to make widgets, right? The widgets will help somebody do something they need to do. And listen, entertainment is fine, and you know, eating Big Macs is fine or whatever we wanna do. But I believe that all of the real entrepreneurs are called to serve a group of people or, or provide some kind of service. And then through that service, really be a light to other people and, and, and help make an impact in their lives. And I didn't put all that together until after maybe the second year or third year of this, this business that my wife and I started, this law firm. Once I realized that it was rocket fuel, um, you know, I said, you know what? I'm supposed to serve the Hispanic market. I don't speak Spanish very well, but I realized that with my skill set and the problems they were facing, I was uniquely situated because I cared for them more than their more than my competitors did. I legitimately cared for these people. That it, I was called to serve them. And my wife, she walked across the border at 14 years old with a backpack and a little tiny necklace, her baby brother in her arms, and she had to go the very, very hard immigrant route you know selling mangoes at flea markets and things and so she of course is committed to serving immigrants and people who who are from other countries and those people get really abused by our legal system they don't have people who care about them and stand up for them and so when we started realizing that these are the people we loved and wanted to serve it just it really just made us take off and then my other skills like learning how to how to scale a business and other things I started putting systems in place and and having a bigger and bigger impact because it was always about impact I never really set a revenue target. I set an impact target. And it was how many people can we help in a year? And when I did that, then we always exceeded that that impact target, you know, because it was it wasn't about, hey, I'm going to put this much money in my pocket. It's about, hey, how many people can I help? And another little, little shout out to, to the folks out there who may be thinking, you know, once you get over 10 million in in, in revenue, and you're, you're you've got nice stuff you know, you, I believe it's a spiritual journey. So you're going to continually be attacked and have opposition to overcome. And for me, I'm 52 now. I had, I mean, I had a retinal attachment. And so I was stuck sitting in for my 50th birthday. I was sitting in a chair face down for two months. I couldn't, I couldn't move. And I literally was like, okay, it's time for me to retire now. I can, I can retire. I got enough money in the bank. I don't need to work another day in my life. And so I'm sitting there, I'm listening to the Bible. And I, you know, when I, and I just realized, you know what? I was called to serve these people who are scared and many times poor or working poor and they, there's nobody standing up for them. And I had that realization sitting in this chair and I'm like, you know what? No, I still have work to do, but there's, there's a battle there that's going to happen when you have enough money that do I want to get up tomorrow and go to work? Do I still want to keep with the grind? And you've got to make that decision and who you serve and how you serve them and why you serve them. That's the fuel that's going to keep you going, and you've got to have a, a keen view for that. Because if you don't, the money's not enough. It just isn't. It, no amount of money could be enough. And I say that from my beachfront place in Miami. You know, I mean, it's easy to say that now, but truly, if you're, you know, you've got to have something more than just just the money and and your ego too, right? Because it's because it's nice to brag. You know, you go back to your high school reunion and you're like, yeah, you know, drive up in your Rolls Royce or whatever it is you know what? Who, they tell, they talk about that the next day and then it's gone, you know? And, and then you're worried about your car getting scratched in the parking lot. <laughs> you know? So you've got to have more than just the money driving you, you know? You know, one of the great um, misbeliefs, or one of the great mistakes I think that we make as a society is we tend to, uh, you know, make money the enemy, and 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 people who have money are the enemy. Or and, and and I know growing up because I grew up Catholic in a very Catholic household that kind of like poverty is is a uh, is a is a virtue, and it's not, it's not, you know, people. And I and I see this because I hang out with wealthy people now, and I can tell you there are wealthy people who are the nicest people in the world. And there are wealthy people who are the biggest jerks in the world. And money does not change your personality. It reveals your character. So if you're a jerk and you get a lot of money, you're going to be a bigger jerk. And if you're a nice guy and you get a lot of money, you're going to be a nicer guy. I am able to give away a lot of money to charity. I love to give money to charity. We're, we're supporting orphanages and churches and schools and, and you know, and orphanages in, in South America. We're feeding hungry in the Dominican Republic, and we give away hundreds of toys at Christmas time and turkeys and all these things. Like, I love to give. I love to go and see these little kids who—we were, we were in, in, in Rome, uh, and, and there were these, these, these little kids who were, who were begging there, and my, my twin girls had an Anna and Elsa doll. And they have like 10 Anna and Elsa dolls. They don't need another Ann and Elsa doll. And these little kids are begging on the street corner. And I said to them, I said, you know, Chloe and Kaylee, you know, that little girl doesn't have, uh, uh, or those girls don't have, those two girls don't have dolls. You have a doll. It would it would bless her if you give them those dolls. And they gave her the dolls. And this was like two years ago. And my kids still remember that. Remember we gave our dolls to that girl in, in Rome? And I'm like, you know, I want that little girl who's, who's there to realize that there are strangers who care about you, even if they don't know you. Like, we care. But you know, there are, you can hear the same message. I've heard people tell their their kids, don't give them any money because they're, you know, it's just going to perpetuate the, the, the cycle. Well, we gave them a doll, not money, but still, you know, I mean, To me, I don't give a lot of money out on the street corners, but I do like to try and give food and and things like that to help people. So, you know, I think money just, just really shows who you are. And you see this with power too, by the way. You want to take it one step further. I see this with managers. I can promote people in my organization. You give them power. You can see them open up and become really loving, guiding mentors who want to have the biggest impact on people and help them grow. Or you can have people who just boss people around and are jerks. And you know, unfortunately, there's no way back from that. I, I've lost some people who were good performers, and I turn them into management, and they become bad managers. And I got to offboard them because there's no way to demote them. So money, power, stuff like that—it it, you know—it it just reveals who you really are. Are you going to be a giver and someone who loves people and and gives back, or are you going to be a jerk who's going to use the money to boss people around? You know, and and you know, and, and listen, by the way. I'm sure there's some people who are like Greg's a jerk with money. I I, I don't know, but I I'm, I'm sure I have pissed some people off, but generally in the truth, you know, I I hope you know, you should give bigger tips. You should, you know, watch out for those guys. I started my work as a dishwasher, so I know what bad jobs are. And that and nobody ever gave me any tips when I was a dishwasher. So, you know, I mean, try and make other people's lives more more meaningful um and be and just be helpful to people. You know, it's, you know, life is too short to be mean. But yeah, but money definitely it reveals your character you're either you're a good person or a bad person and money's just going to show who you really are You know, I can talk to you today and and give you the roadmap to grow to five, 10, 20, 50 million dollars in revenue, millions of dollars in profit, and that actually isn't that hard. It's 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 well, it's hard, but it's simple and straightforward. The difficult part is the spiritual journey and the spiritual transformation. You know what? What I realized my my first real big breakthrough was that this was a spiritual journey. And so, what does that mean? Well. You know, I, I started going to church, I started reading the Bible more. Instead of reading books like Think and Grow Rich, which is a great book, I started reading more biblical books about like business principles and things, working on my character, trying to develop myself into a spiritual being, taking my mind off of the, the pure revenue goals and focusing more on impact and being a light to people. And that was really the, the the transformational process. But what I have to what I want to tell young entrepreneurs is do this stuff first get your spirituality worked out first because what happens you see this all the time is some people will follow the roadmap to 50 million dollars and then melt down because they don't have the spiritual strength to sustain there's 50 million dollars is harder than a million dollars right the spiritual attacks the the difficulty the weight of the decisions it's harder at 50 million I've got more problems at 50 million than I had at a million. I got a a million more problems and they're serious problems, right? And if you don't have the ability to sustain yourself at that level, you will melt down. You see this with celebrities, with athletes, you know, they, they, they get the big contract and they melt down because they haven't laid the foundation spiritually. So what I want to recommend and encourage everyone who's young, you know, number one, get your, get your faith worked out, get your spirituality worked out, know where you stand and who you are as a spiritual being. Number two, you know, if you're if you're in a relationship, make sure your relationship is tight, and your husband or your wife or your significant other they are a hundred percent on board because that's another way where your business will crash. You know, if you're if you're already gone all the time and your spouse isn't on board, that's going to be a pressure point where you're going to melt down, and the spouse will say, "I don't care about the money, right? I, I, you're not here, and your kids, right? You need to make sure that stuff is taken care of. If you have a big business and your kid is melting down, you know, I have a um. I have an 18 year old she turned 18 today you know if if she weren't happy yeah happy birthday happy birthday elizabeth if she weren't happy i would be miserable right i could be making all the money in the world and i could try and take her we're going to the galapagos next month right i could take her there and if she's sad and upset about something i'm not gonna have any fun at all i'll just be getting mad at her for not being happy so you've got to work out the spiritual you've got to work out the relationships and the family first that's the most important thing get it squared now because what happens with entrepreneurs, a lot of times what we do is we are unhappy and we think business is going to fix it. It's not, it's just going to reveal the bigger problems. So you've got to work that stuff out now. That's the hard work of entrepreneurship, not the you know the, the scaling stuff and the, and the growth. And the, There's there's plenty of people out there, myself included, who can tell you, here's the path. You can tell me your problem, I probably, we all have the same problems, you know, but if you don't lay that foundation and know who you really are, you're just you're not going to have the ability to sustain the, the 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 growth and and you'll probably flame out and and by that i mean end up on a couch where i was you know i was 38 years old top of my law school class and ended up sleeping on a couch because i didn't have any of the stuff worked out You know, I mentor a lot of people, and uh, I had one one young man who approached me about mentoring him. And he had some talent; he had some real, really great talent uh, in the in the media space. And uh, so he asked me, and I was I was having a conversation with a group of people talking about learning to be a millionaire. And so he approached me after that that conversation and said, "Mr. Ward, you know, can can you can you teach me how to be a millionaire? I'm all in." And that, I remember the words that he used were, "All in. I'm all in." And, uh, and so, you know, he kind of turned my heart a little bit and I said, OK, well, you know, first thing you're going to do is to create some space. You know, you've got to give up some things and, uh, you know, you've got to start studying some things. Here's a couple books to read. And uh, the following week, I got some feedback where he was taking a class, uh, a media class, and he had made this project. And the professor had given him some constructive criticism. And he he blew off the professor and posted on Instagram saying, you know, something like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And I saw that, and I was thinking to myself, what a mess. Because when you're all in, if you have somebody who is experienced, you know, it's so hard to get good information. If somebody's taking their time to show you something, then you should be respectful. Even if you disagree with it, still be respectful. And, and, it, and, it, and it bothered me. And so I didn't have to do anything. He never showed back up again and asked me for any other advice or other books to read, and that was basically it. But I, I do feel like a lot of people have the sense that, this entrepreneurship journey is a you know is kind of a one-hit thing where there's a, just a light switch you can you can flip. Um, it's like the end of the Muppet movie where Kermit the Frog goes in there and he says, "I want the standard rich and famous contract." Uh, no, it's not like that at all. And even with the you know the stuff on Instagram that drives me crazy with this kind of get-rich-quick ideas, there is no get-rich-quick. It just it just is. You may find maybe 0.001 percent of people may get rich quick most of the people who are hawking that stuff are not successful for anything but hawking that stuff I and mean they're selling that stuff and you know if you do happen to get become successful there again if you don't have the foundation you're going to lose the money you're going to and by the way a little little look behind the curtain i take vacations to very very nice places and sometimes i go places there are some of these instagram influencers there and they spend the whole day filming to get the perfect shot you know, of of looking like their life is amazing, and the truth is, they're up in the restaurant while I'm sitting in the pool with my family. They're trying to get the perfect shots in the restaurant or on the beach. Uh, there was another. I live in Miami. Uh, there was another thing where they had um, they had a new hotel was launching. They brought the influencers all to go to the uh, to the event, and they were all pretending to talk to each other in the pool, and they were all taking pictures in the pool, looking like they're having a the good time, but they weren't doing anything. It was it was all staged. And so, you know, you've got a couple lessons from that, right? Number one, if you're going to make a commitment, when you say all in, when I tell you all in, all in was, I didn't take a day off from work for nine months one time and I was working 15 hour days. I mean, I work Christmas day, right? That's all in. And I wasn't even where I'm at right now, but that's all in, right? I'm sleeping on a couch because I can't afford to do things. That's all in, right? Those are all in, not, you know, I think I'll try this this week. That's not all in. All in is really all in. And when you figure out, when you know you say, yeah, I know all in now, that's when you're ready for being an entrepreneur because that's it because there's a lot of sawdust you got to eat uh, along the way. And the second thing is not everything is as beautiful as it appears. You know, w- you know, when you're following people, look for their fruit, the real fruit. Don't just look on Instagram. Don't just look on, you know, what people put out there. I, I don't actually put a lot of stuff on Instagram because, you know, it's I, I just I- it's just not my thing. I put quality business stuff on Instagram. That's what I look at Instagram for to learn. But the truth is, is that, you know, if people are showing off or they're showing that great lifestyle, you know, odds are they're selling something. And what they're probably selling is selling something to you to be part of their their group and they're getting paid for that. And so, you know, I don't see that being a light because that's when they're saying they're great. It's all about them. It's not about us. It's about what we can do for other people. And that's the takeaway from this. So if you're a young entrepreneur, you know, be committed to working hard. There's no shortcuts. You have some talents. You have abilities. You have really great gifts. Work on developing those, you know, and get with people who can help you develop them. People are going to hold you accountable. Make sure you're developing those things. And then, you know, understand that, you know, what you put on Instagram, that's not your life. You know, you've got to be an example in your community to people around you. You've got to give back. You've got to be a support for people who, who don't have anybody else to support them. And then that's that's the kind of life we want to be living as entrepreneurs, not the not the Instagram life. one of the things that I think is most important for all of us is we build a tribe and we build a community of like-minded people and we help those who maybe aren't as far along as we are and we help each other to move forward. So if you want more of this, you can follow me. My YouTube channel is at AttorneyGregWard and my Instagram is AttorneyGregWard. Uh, Just follow me, reach out, DM me, I'll be happy to chat with you a little bit and hear your story too because all these stories are inspiring and we all have to work together to be a light. Right now the world is a dark place. You know, the media and politicians are doing their very best to drive us apart and make us feel like everyone in the world is against us. And we're here to say, let's make a big impact and show other people in the world that there are good people and we do care. And there is a light in the darkness. And that's what we should all want to be. If what I said resonated with you, and you'd like to find out some more, especially about the spiritual journey of this, uh, you can follow me on YouTube at Attorney Greg Ward, at Attorney Greg Ward, and of course on Instagram as well, uh, Attorney Greg Ward on Instagram as well. And hopefully you'll find something that will help you and we can begin to build a community together of like-minded individuals who are trying to help other people have a big impact and be a light. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Imagine a space where triumphs, trials, and tales of entrepreneurship come alive. Welcome to the 21st Century Entrepreneurship Podcast. A gold awarded journey hosted by Martin Piskoric, Connecting with listeners in 95 countries and ranking in the top 0.5% of all podcasts. Join our exclusive community, elevate your perspective and embark on the path path to to success.